What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the first ever episode of The Yard. The name's Andrew, and uh, I'll be your guide through the world of the MLB. So before we get into this, since we're about to embark on this journey together, at least on a weekly basis, I just want to introduce myself, since right now I'm just some stranger with a mic and a platform, so it's fair to know, for you to know, a little bit more about me. Um, so I've been playing the game of baseball since the age of six, so about 20 plus years of service time, quote unquote, here at the yard. And since the beginning, I've just had this immense passion for the game, and I just want to use this platform to talk to you about the current storylines of the season, of what I've come across, express my opinions of what's going on across the league, and just generally just talk shop with you, since I do it all the time and annoy the hell out of my friends, so I might as well just bring it to everybody else, so. <laughs> so, but my, my word is definitely not the ultimate say, so let's just, let's have a conversation. I want to hear from you of what you think. So, of course, hit me up on at the Yard Pod on Instagram and Twitter, along with subscribing here on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you can find me. So, without further ado, let's jump right into this, since we got a lot to cover here. Alright, so let's get into the meat and potatoes of this since uh, the game is in a bit of a transitional period and at a critical point in its history with the current CBA between the league and the PA expires after this season. Oh, by the way, CBA is a collective bargaining agreement for people who don't know. It's um, basically terms and conditions between the owners and players to make sure things are being treated fairly between both sides. Um, But if that isn't being... um, organized well there is a possibility of a lockout looming so it's important for this season to be done right between the two sides so now do i see a lockout looming there is a good chance if things don't change because the game is changing the players are speaking out more they're trying to have a voice and with how both sides were last season with uh dealing with the covid season and only playing 60 games while the players wanted 80-something, while the owners were wanting like 40-something, or not even a season at all. It was just maddening to watch and thinking to myself, there's no way we're having a season last year for how things were looking. And it was pretty lucky we walked away with 60 games. But anyway, like I said, the game is changing, more so besides the CBA, that we're starting to see personalities shine more. Like even in college baseball, I've seen that with teams like LSU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, and I can name more, but that's basically the main three that comes to my mind right now. Like, you're seeing players pop off, and you're just, like, a lot of in-your-face attitude, and I love it, honestly. For a game that's classified as boring and should be thought of during intimate times in your life, um, I love it. I honestly do. Like, like, bring me more of that. Like, I love the bat flips and the stare-downs, and, like, it's just... This is what makes the game exciting and what brings it more an additive to it. Um, so, yeah, like, and I'll get into more why I love this game, like, right now. So, with so one of the reasons why I love this game is with the sights and sounds, like, the, the bat cracks and the roar of the crowd, which luckily we get to have more of this season. And, like, when you watch on the broadcast, like, ESPN, I feel, does a really good job of this. And also with uh, playoff baseball, they, they tune up. Uh, the sounds of the game, like with the pop of the glove, the hit of the bag, uh, the swipe of the dirt when somebody's sliding into second when he's stealing a base, and 
it's just like it's a soundtrack that's so beautiful uh warmer weather is upon us i mean we like i live in indiana so it's sort of a, a hit and miss when a day is going to be warm and then followed by 40 some degrees like it is right now um but yeah with with baseball being around you know warmer weather is is coming if not already here and the game offers a lot already with web gems, clutch hits, smart plays, even dumb plays. You know, like the the game is so polished on a professional level that when you see a guy drop a ball unexpectedly, it's like the, what, are you kidding me? Type factor. Um, then you also have the constant showdown between pitchers and hitters, like the mental game being played, explosive movements taking place within milliseconds of each other. It's just, I don't know with me, playing baseball i mean i play i play like an adult men's league here in indianapolis so i i unfortunately don't get paid to play i still pay to play but still love it i at least get to have my itch being scratched but having that perspective while playing it gives you obviously a more additive to like what it takes to be a ball player um so yeah there's also another thing is um it's not completely tied to its traditional values anymore like how the unwritten rules and i mean there's there's still there's still unwritten rules that shouldn't be crossed like how players shouldn't cross like uh pitchers mounds um i forget there's any others i know step on the uh chalk lines is a big no-no try to keep that pure it's bad luck if you step on the if you step on the foul lines um and many others so there are there are unwritten rules that should stay but there's there's a lot that definitely should go away. Like with uh, Fernando Tatis last year when he hit that hit the grand slam when they were already up by I forget what runs. I, I don't want to give out exact details or I feel like it's not needed, but when they're already up a lot and they already give out a hit out a home run and like uh, Tatis was like a 3-0 count or something the the Rangers manager got pissed off which caused the Padres manager which they were they were tied. I think uh, the Padres manager worked for the Rangers. Um so that was a weird scenario going on that he was forced to apologize. And it's like, are you kidding me, dude? There's no way. There's no way you should apologize for that. It's a grand slam, man. It's awesome. Celebrate it instead of being torn down by it. So that was another moment that was sparked to have its traditional ties not being taken anymore. Um, but yeah, it's just the game's changing. There's a lot to offer. And that's why I just love it so much. So I just wanted to cover this um, briefly. It's kind of breaking news that came out of for MLB's attempt to crack down on foreign substances. Um, just reading off of Jeff Passan, who's an MLB insider, uh, his tweet here that compliance officers will monitor dugouts, clubhouses, tunnels, batting cages, and bullpens. They will take a random sample of balls and the lab will search not just for substances themselves, but the type being utilized. StatCast data will compare spin rates two uh, career norms um i'm trying to figure out if there's anything else with this it's a kind of a three tweet series but i think that's kind of the main thing that uh inspections of baseballs taking out of play will be a third party lab to check for substances um i think it's um i think it's great that mlb is actually finally tracking down on early is cracking down on foreign substance use it's been kind of a known problem for the last couple of years that uh, spin rates have been increased mightily with um, with pitchers that are uh, kind of increasing pitch speeds. It's like nastier breaks on breaking balls, kind of making the game pretty much unfair for a lot of hitters. <laughs> so I think this is actually great. I hope that they 
handle this effectively. I know MLB isn't really known of handling things effectively, so this will hopefully, if dealt right, this is, will actually be huge. Um, I watched a watched a video off of Trevor Bauer's uh, channel, which uh, he's a pitcher for the Dodgers. He used to be a pitcher for the Reds, which he won the Cy Young last year. I know some people say it's a Mickey Mouse Cy Young, which I don't really want to get into it that much. I mean, 60 game season. Everyone had the same chance. Who cares? But anyway. Um, so with him, before that, he went on to the Indians. But anyway, he has a YouTube channel. Uh, shout out his personal channel and Momentum. They do great stuff over there. But anyway, uh, with his series, he he was covering this. And I'll give out a quick synopsis. He made like some pretty interesting points on... Um, who knows if the with the balls taken out of play, is it going to be, do they know if it's the substance that's from catchers or the pitchers themselves? Um, so catchers have been kind of known to put stickier substance on their uh, chest protectors, which that's apparently not against the rules. Uh, even some outfielders have sticky substance in the gloves to help uh, catch balls, which that was interesting when he pointed that out. It makes a lot of sense, which that's oddly not against the rules either. So you can put pine tar into the glove. So it's sort of like, how do you know if the substance that's being taken out is from the pitcher himself or um, or is it from players from around the field? That was just a great point. Uh, that'll be interesting to see how they uh, combat that. And then the other thing is, um, like if a pitcher made his major league debut and he was known to use substances in the minors and he carried that through his start of the season and all that stuff. So the spin rate already starts high. And then if he continues to do that, how is he going to get caught? <clears throat> I would say that'd be kind of actually kind of easy because if you just take the balls out randomly and you test them and then it's like, oh, yeah, there's pine tar on this thing that you could you could at least have him be kind of dinged about like, well, at least let's monitor him for the future and just go from there, I guess. But, yeah, I, I just wanted to point that out since that has been a known problem with the MLB with foreign substances. So hopefully that will actually be handled effectively and I think that'll come some some great things out of that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are within a week away of opening day and I am beyond excited. It is a day we're looking we've looked forward to as baseball fans since the last out of the World Series is made. So, I I'm feeling like Christmas is right around the corner yet again for this season. So, I don't know about you, but I'm taking the set, the back half of the week off from work. I'm sitting my ass down on the couch and consuming as much baseball as I possibly can. And it is going to be glorious. So, out of these 15 games that's on opening day, and obviously it's in a series, you'll be able to catch them over the weekend if you don't have day off. Um, I have six series to look forward to, to watch on opening day and over the weekend. So, with number one... Or at the 1 o'clock hour, we got Yankees Blue Jays. And I'm going to be hopping around between MLB.com and Fangraphs, so I apologize for the long pauses. But we got on the bump for the Yankees, Garrett Cole against Hunjin Ryu for the Blue Jays. And I could go all day about how great these two pitchers are because you have the ex-Dodger Ryu who's going against Garrett Cole, who is an ex-Astro who made his fame through that and has the massive contract and all that sort of deal but opening day nods for pitchers it's like come on they're they're already great so i'm not going to talk i'm not going to talk that much about pitching but they're both stellar in their class um now with the matchups with these lineups you basically have like um 
it's stacked on the Yankees for sure, from top to bottom. I don't think there's any gap that uh, Sariu's got his got his hands full on this one. But then with the with the Blue Jays, they have a young core. They got um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr., who's a son of Hall of Famer Vlad Guerrero Sr. Then you got Kevin Biggio, who's a son of Craig Biggio, who's also a Hall of Famer. Then you got Bo Bichette, who's been a stellar, a stellar prospect growing up through the Yanks. The ranks. God, I can't talk. <laughs> um, but then you got uh, Marcus Simeon from the A's. You got... Um, I'm trying to see if there's anything else here. I know it's basically revolving around the young core of the Blue Jays. That's basically what I'm excited about. I want to see what this young core can do this season. Which actually, they're one of my um, top five excited teams to play to uh, watch this season. So I can't wait to see what this Blue Jays team does against the Yanks this season, or at least the at least with this season because they're in the same division. But with the opening series, I'm, ex- I'm expected that the Yankees will walk away with the series win, but I want to see how they do um, against the Blue Jays. So that's for the one o'clock hour. And rolling on into 3.05, I wrote down the Phillies and Braves. Now, I would, I'm more excited about the Braves than the Phillies this season, even though um, I do think that the Phillies, it's sort of like a toss-up on how they're going to do. Obviously, I, I've, I've heard that they're going to they're gonna suck this year, and it's kind of expected that way. But they have some firepower in their lineup. I mean, you got D.D. Gregorius, you got Bryce Harper, um Kutch if he stays healthy uh Reese Hoskins at first he's got some power he's got a lot of power and then you got JT Riomuto is one of the best catchers in the league um and they also have a pretty decent starting rotation so they'd be able to they should be able to live up to the hype but it's going to be interesting on how they do but with those Braves they got a pretty solid um starting rotation starting off with Max Fried which interesting note with Max Fried here He's starting, um, he joined the ranks with, uh, let me pull up the tweet here from Ken Rosenthal, that the Braves' Max Freed joins Cardinals, Jack Flaherty, and White Sox, Lucas Giolito as opening day starters from the same high school, Harvard, West Lake, and Los Angeles. All three have shared the same agent as well. Like, imagine this team that you have to play against out in L.A., that all three of these are opening day starters and you had the three-headed monster to play against in high school that's just insane to think about which i i just think that's super cool um but yeah like max reed obviously is no joke i think over the um spring training right now he's got a 1.25 era i mean this guy is just mowing down hitters um and then you also have the power bats of atlanta too with ronald acuna jr uh, Freddie Freeman, who's been an absolute staple his entire career. Uh, Marcelo Zuna. You got, oh, Pablo Sandoval. I don't know. that Panda, he's on there too. Dang. And then you got Dansby Swanson, who was, uh, <clears throat> I think he was uh, number one draft pick from Vanderbilt, who, I mean, he's a stud. So, I mean, this Braves team, uh, I, I, think they, I think they can make a run to, for the World Series this year. I mean, they made it close. They they had the Dodgers run of their money before they got, um, I think it was Game 7. They forced a Game 7 but lost against the Dodgers. Um, but it, I, I think if the Dodgers don't win the World, World Series this year, repeat, I think the Braves, the, that's basically going to be my solid pick for the win of World Series this year. If they can get over that Atlanta hump for being an Atlanta team, 
I, I, I think that they have the best shot to do it, if not the Dodgers this season. Um, so that's the 3 o'clock hour. And then 4.10, we have Padres Diamondbacks. I'm more, I'm more excited with, um, at least with the matchup of opening day, than the series itself because you have Mad Bum going against Madison Bumgarner for the Diamondbacks against the Padres, the flashy Padres. Well, Mad Bum's kind of more of a traditionalist. He has had a history of getting pissed off with hitters showing him up because, I mean, he's, he's been a dominant pitcher his, his entire career. So um, when he's got hitters get the best of him, uh, you just get pissed off and get mouthy with the hitters. Uh, so it'll be interesting on opening day with uh, Fernando Tatis um, showing off his flashy personality. How's Mad Bum going to take that? So that's one thing I'm really looking forward to. Um, and also with the Padres themselves. They're also one of my um, other teams, along with the Braves. I forgot to note, the Braves, uh, Blue Jays, Padres right now so far are basically one of my three out of five of my most excited teams to watch this season. I think the I'm going to go back to the Braves real quick. That the Braves are pretty much an underrated, um, a lot of a lot of swagger for this Braves team that is kind of overlooked. Um, tons of firepower, like I said, with uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., Marcelo Zuna, Freddie Freeman, um, and the pitching staff can hold their own with Max Fried. Um, I'm trying to think of this. I know there's. I know it's more than Freed that's in the rotation. I'm just trying to pull them up right now. That. Um, let me see here real quick. Going on fan graphs. Um, so yeah, the Braves are like a like a top ten rotation. That they have, let me see here. Like a Max Reed, like I said, Charlie Morton, who's been a veteran pitcher. He was on the Rays last year and moved and got traded over to Atlanta. Uh, Drew Smiley, who, um, let me see here. He had a 4.38 ERA. That's not that great. But uh, Mike Soroka, who um, I think he, he was the opening day starter last year, I think, and got hurt. So it would be great to see him back on the mound this season. And then you got Ian Anderson, who's one of the top Atlanta prospects. So um, this rotation on top of – besides Drew Smiley, unfortunately. But uh, this Braves rotation is not one to mess around with. So that will be interesting to see throughout the season on how they go. Um, so that will be 3 o'clock. Going back to the Padres here. Sorry, I'm, I'm bouncing around a bit, so I appreciate you staying with me here. Um, now with the Padres, they've done a lot of off-season acquisitions. They got uh, Blake Snell. They got uh, Hugh Darvish from the Cubs. Um, Joe Musgrove, uh, Chris Paddock. Um, let me see if there's anything else. Uh, I know the U Darvish and Blake Snell acquisitions are huge because Snell, he basically almost won it for the Rays in the World Series, and then the manager pulled him in, like, the seventh inning, which then later on the Dodgers immediately jumped on it because Snell was so dominant in that game, but I'm not going to get into it any more than that. But just, just showing how dominant Blake Snell is along with U Darvish, who almost won the Cy Young last year, on top of having Chris Paddock, Joe Musgrove, um and many others it's just man this the Dodgers no sorry the Padres they're the number one ranked starting rotation here so um 
their pitching isn't to be messed around with. And then you have the lineup going with, um, let me see here, Fernando Tatis Jr., like I said, uh, who's their shortstop. Then you got uh, Manny Machado starting a third. Then you got um, Eric Hosmer at first. Um, bats in the outfield. Um, Tommy Pham, I know, has had pretty good clutch hits. Here we go. So Austin Nola, Eric Hosmer, like I said, Jake Corlinworth, uh, who was pretty notable during the Cardinals-Padres series in the playoffs last year. Tommy Famine left. Trent Grisham. I mean, I could I could name these off, but without looking looking into them, you wouldn't know who the hell I'm talking about. So, uh, yeah, looking these up or for not. But they're I think they're number one. Yeah, they're number one on my. Um, most excited team to watch this season because they have so much personality. Slam Diego, um, that they were noted to last season because of they were, um, they just, I think they had like four or five or probably six straight games of hitting a grand slam, um, which that's obviously super rare. Uh, they got tons of talent up and down the lineup, even in the um, bullpen on the mounds, starting rotation as well. So, yeah, it'll look out for the Padres this season. I, I'm interested to see. Um, I think it's basically Dodgers, Padres, Braves right off the bat of like my top three for the NL teams, um, which anywhere else, if you want to look at takes, that's not really a um, dark horse or random take out there. That's basically been the standard this offseason. Um, but yeah, that's that's the that's the four o'clock with the Padres D-backs. And then we're, I'll finally move on to 709. I think it's ESPN. They have this game that it's the Nationals Mets. And I actually have the Mets as um, one of my, yeah, part of my top five most excited teams to watch. I'm excited to watch this season. Um, they made some acquisitions as well with uh, Carlos Carrasco as a veteran pitcher. And then you have one of the biggest, Francisco Lindor, who is one of the, I think probably the, was a major staple for the uh, Cleveland Indians for quite some time. And now when he moved over to the Mets, it's I can't wait to see how he does as a Met. It's going to be interesting. I mean, he's voiced his opinion more about his ex-team. Um, nothing really majorly um, controversial. It's just uh, he like he's came out about um, in, like in the Indians during the World Series that uh, I know this is not huge, but he said like during the rain delay in the 2016 World Series that he like took a nap in the dugout. Or not in the dugout, but in like in the locker room or something instead. But like, um, I know that that, that he got he got some criticized for that or criticism for that. But it's like, hey, young player, and you don't know how long the delay is, and he could be taken out of it, and he decided is to rest or something. But um, he also said like, towards the end of his Indians career in 2020, that he didn't really take it that serious. He wasn't working out as much and. Um, lost his productivity through that. So it's interesting on how that career for the Indians kind of took a dive for Francisco. And so I think he's be he's more revitalized in the Mets organization. So, again, that's that's pretty much a huge spot on how that is. Then you got Pete Alonso at first for the, um, for the Mets. I'm trying to dive into more of their lineup instead of just going off on a Francisco Lindor <laughs> rant. Um let me see here. You got Jeff McNeil. I believe he's a second baseman. Brandon Nimmo. Um, and then Kevin Pillar. He's uh, Superman. He was, um, let me see here. He was at Toronto, and then he went to the uh, Giants. I'm trying to think. 
in my mind of his career. But man, he, he's a defensive superstar in my mind, at least over the years, Kevin Pillar. Um, then hopping over to the Nationals, if, there, if there's any Nationals fans listening, I want to chime in more of what they've been doing. They've had a busy offseason as well, acquiring uh, Kyle, uh, Kyle Schwarber from the Cubs, uh, Josh Bell from the Pirates. Um, that's pretty much the big two huge ones. Uh, obviously, they have Trey Turner. You got Juan Soto, who's been, who is their staple, their guy. Um, like Look back into the 2019 World Series. This guy was a monster um going through there he like he put his name on the map through that season having uh his mentality wide beyond his years uh can't wait to see what he does for this season he's one of my um notable players to watch this season and what he does um but yeah this this is going to be a series i definitely want to look at because the starting pitchers of these two you got jacob Degrom against max scherzer i mean come on this this is going to be uh pretty much a pitching expo uh, pretty much a pitching clinic um to watch for um so i know i didn't note the previous two games uh you can just look them up online or oh no sorry i'm being selfish let me just go back through real quick so you got uh you darvish starting off opening day they don't have anybody for the uh d-backs right now posted uh, since I'm recording the Sunday, they'll probably they'll obviously will release the name later later on this week. Um, and let me see here with the Braves and Phillies, they have Aaron Nola against Max Fried. Um, so I know Aaron Nola so far uh, hasn't had a stellar spring training, but I mean it's spring training, so you just take that with a grain of salt here. Um, yeah, about like a mid four ERA. So. But yeah, going back to the Nats and Mets, that's that's pretty much it. the opening day series or opening day game rather. That's going to be a pretty good one to watch. Yeah, it's on ESPN 709, so catch it there. Um, so moving right along to the 10:05 game. I know this is this isn't great for the East Coast listeners like my <laughs> like myself here. We got the White Sox and A's. Um, starting on the bump here, we got. Uh, Dylan Bundy for the A's, Angels, for the Angels. And then you got Lucas Giolito um, starting for the White Sox. Not a uh, crisp start for the Angels. They don't really have any, um, this is what they failed during the offseason to pick up any notable pitchers. Like the only one I can think of right off the bat is Shohei Otani. And he's being compared as the next Babe Ruth. Um, that that guy can rake and he can throw gas like he can throw over like 100 miles an hour and can hit bombs like he's put on an absolute clinic over the um spring training right here that i think right now he's got five home runs and his uh era is uh somewhere under two like the guy's a monster so i that's on top of uh him and mike trout uh those are the two big names and also you got joe adele who's been pretty flashy this spring training as well. I'd be looking out for him. Um, I think he's a uh, right fielder for the Angels, if I'm not mistaken. But, but yeah, that's um, that's it for the Angels. And then you got the White Sox, um, just a loaded lineup. Like, um, in my eyes, it's, it's going to come down to either the Yankees or the White Sox to take the pennant this year. If not, um, another dark horse team comes out of light. But... For the uh, White Sox, you got Jose Abreu, Tim Anderson, um, 
let me see here uh yohan mancada luis roberts uh then you also um they also had a big injury that happened for the white Sox uh, a couple days ago eloy jimenez who's out for five to six months with a pectoral tear that he went after like a deep fly ball that ended up being a home run jumped onto the outfield wall hung on there just long enough and tore his pectoral from there uh kind of like a vince carter dunk with his arm um over the outfield fence that that done it for him so he's out for five to six months probably done for the season if not um if more than five to six so unfortunately that's a huge loss for the white Sox because that guy can he's got a massive bat um so when he go with him going down that opens up the door for uh, a prospect andrew vaughn um who's had a pretty um notable spring training as well um pretty big power asset that could be taking over um Eloy's spot there in the lineup um but yeah look out for the White Sox this season they had uh hopefully they can back up uh Tim Anderson's he, it, it was a misquote but I, I like that um he just sort of said F it uh we're the best team in the AL which of course that ruffled a lot of Yankees fans feathers and I love that so hey bring it on let's go it's not it's not just the Yankees it's not just the um Yankees league White Sox are here too so I'm here for it I'm excited for it um and I want to see what they do this season so yeah 10.05 um Angels White Sox more than likely you could probably catch that if you have um uh, MLB.tv or stay up that late or I know they got there'll be games on during this weekend or during the weekend as well to watch from there so yeah 10.05 that would be the time and then at the same time basically 1007 you have a's astros that one i'm staying up for oh man the hate between these two teams mainly the a's despise the astros for obviously for obvious reasons if you haven't lived under the rock 2017 come on now these a's have been around i've been in the thick of it with the astros for quite some time i mean you got um man with the cheating scandal that the the A's were pretty much trying to take the division for quite some time and oh has always been bumped by this team the Astros and that whenever the cheating scandal came to light oh man it's they've been furious I mean they oh they almost went into a big scuffle last season with um Ramon Laureano the laser got pissed off at the uh one of the uh Astros coaches and tried to charge the try to charge the dugout without being um which that violated a lot of uh, COVID protocols during that season. But, um, yeah, that scuffle was crazy. So that'll be interesting to see how this opening series does. I think it's in Oakland, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it is in Oakland. So whew, I think all California um, all California clubs have 20% capacity. So, But still, there's that's going to be a lot of booze coming out here. Um Starting on the bump for the Astros, you got Zach Granke, which I think, you know, obviously, with an opening day start, he's the he's the huge ace for there. Because I think Justin Justin Verlander's still recovering from his injury from last season. Then you got Chris Bassett starting for the A's. Um, then for the Astros, obviously, you got Jose Altuve, Michael Brantley, Alex Bregman, uh, Carlos Correa, which he's had an interesting uh, quote come out um, this past week that. Uh, the Astros try to offer him um, a low ball deal and basically said that to the reporters that like, well, it's low. 
Uh, so I guess I'm just going to do this season and see what free agency takes. So that's a yikes moment for the Astros that you got one of your star guys basically uh, going, hey, that's a, a shit deal, my friend. I might take my talents elsewhere. So, yeah, that's that's uh, an interesting storyline I'll definitely be following. And you got Yodon Alvarez, a big, big DH for the Astros. I think he's uh, his rookie season was 2009, and he hit a bomb. I was, I was trying to say ball, but but bomb came out. Um, hit a ball like triple upper deck, like moonshot. It looked like 500 plus feet. Uh, obviously, you can find that on YouTube. Um, the, the guy just, it was like blasted into the moon, it looked like. It was crazy. This guy can just hit absolute tanks. So, yeah, I'll be, that's, I think that was one of my players I'm, I'm wanting to watch this season to see what he does because I don't know if he did much last year or not. But anyway. Aledmus Diaz, obviously, he was an ex-Cardinal. Uh, with me being a Cardinals fan, I know a lot of players that have left, and it's like, wow, hey, man, I'm, I'm glad you're doing really good. <laughs> tear, tear. But anyway, let me see here for the A's. Uh, we got Matt Chapman, who's been a very good defensive third baseman for them. Uh, like I said, um, Ramon Liriano, the laser, the center fielder. Man, that guy has an absolute arm. Oh, my God. Uh, there was a um, – I just keep having this playing in my mind. There's a um, – let me see. There's a highlight that came from him that he basically robbed a home run and chucked the ball from, I think, from the left center warning track all the way to first. Didn't hit the ground. Perfect throw. Got the double play from there. It's just like, oh my God, I, I, I wish I had that guy's arm, the things I'd give up for that. Um, but moving on from there, we got uh, from the Texas Rangers, traded over to the A's, Elvis Andrews, uh, great teammate from what I've heard, um, from what I've listened to from other podcasts. He says the, that's a huge uh, clubhouse pickup. <laughs> uh, Mark Hanna, uh, Tony Kemp. Let me see here. Uh, Matt Olson, Chad Pender. Um, noted they've had really good. Uh, when when I watch them in the playoffs, they've had pretty good clutch hits. Uh, Steven Piscotti, another ex-Cardinal. <laughs> uh, glad to see you're doing well, buddy. Um, but, yeah, let me see here. Uh, I know this is a lot of detail, a lot of names that I'm spitting out here. Hopefully you recognize at least a lot of them. But, yeah, that's pretty much my... Uh, top six games series to watch for opening day and over the weekend from there which i know march madness is going on right now so uh if your eyes are tired of some basketball pick up some baseball and uh with this podcast i'll help you <laughs> sift through all that's going on here so yeah um i think it'll be about it for this week uh i do appreciate you guys sticking with me for um my first episode it's been something else trying to get into this process, but I know I'm not exactly all the way polished. Um, I'll try to get better for next week. So until then, have a good one. See ya.